0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are or what time it is in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to this ongoing conversation. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you again for giving me your divided attention. It is most appreciated. <clears throat> I appreciate the feedback on several episodes that I've done over the last uh, couple of weeks before the holiday season, I wanted to get out of the way some of the, um, I don't want to call it fodder because that would diminish it, but some of the um, um, episodes that I've done that had to deal with certain current events, which I like to stay away from, but because I wanted this, especially around this time of year where there's heightened activity and heightened family activity oftentimes leads to heightened anxiety and heightened stress and I wanted to address that. So I'm going to be, if you noticed, I'm going to be doing several episodes to the lead up to the Christmases, etc., cetera, et cetera, if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, all the way up to New Year's. I think I'm going to, I'm going to spend, uh, I'm going to do an episode every couple of days. And, um, I, you know, forget about the algorithm or which ones are going to get more views than the others or piling on. I just feel that it's, this is an important time of year to speak to people because people are visiting family. And oftentimes that in the, the travel is stressful, then family and all the things that come along with that can be stressful. So I wanted to I want to get to that, you know, and maybe set a certain other things aside. Um, but first, thank you guys again. Of course, you know, I'm what I'm going to plug if you've been listening It's Chavez House Publishing. That's C-H-A-V-E-S. Chavez with an S. If you go to Amazon and you type in Chavez House Publishing and all offerings by Chavez House Publishing or Lenore Batista, do yourself a favor and look at those 100 or so offerings of decorative notebooks, whether you're in grad school or or grade school, doesn't matter, from 8 to 80, there's a notebook for you. There's a uh, a, a gratitude journal, a diary, a logbook, a password logbook that has done me justice. Just yesterday, one of my banking passwords couldn't remember it for the life of me. I was like, "Ah, oh, man, and if I if I typed it in one more time, it was going to lock me out of the account. I was like, wait a minute. I have that the the uh, password logbook from Chavez House. I think it's called What the Heck is My Password? Went. Found it, boom, no fuss, no muss, was able to handle some banking during the weekend. I'm very happy about that. We're about six, or, about six or so days away from Christmas Day. Today, I think, is December 19th. I'm doing this. I usually don't do shows in the evening. Um, I usually do them either in the morning or early afternoon. But this is important. Uh, thank you, guys. Like I said, and our cash app is dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. Our Venmo is J-U-N-B-E-A-U. Our Zell is my first name, my full first name, and my full last name at gmail.com, which is Juniabobrun at gmail.com. J-U-N-Y-A-B-E-A-U-B-R-U-N. At gmail.com. I appreciate donations, appreciate any holiday gifts, and you want to send holiday money. Hey, June, spend this however you want. Fine. But most of the monies, or let's just say 95% of the monies that have been given to, uh, that have been donated, whether at dollar sign June Bo at Cash App or June Bo or Junior Bo Brun at Gmail.com, uh, has gone to the show, has gone to promoting certain episodes. And, um, it's bearing fruit little by little. You know, we're doing this organically. I'm an, I'm an analog guy. I'm a face-to-face kind of person. I'm a get-in-your-face kind of person. So this uh, promoting myself digitally, creating this other meta persona is new and is a learning curve, and I'm learning it. And trust me, this time next year, uh, the message will be bigger and broader Um, the reach will be, and we're, we're going to see, there are going to be some changes. There are going to be some, some welcome additions and surprises. And that comes with the audience expanding and the audience such as it is donating. Um, what I want to talk about today. Thank you for that. Uh, oh yeah. If you want to reach me or email me, whose world is this two one at gmail.com or, Follow us on Instagram. Hit me up on the, um, on the uh, Instagram page. Whose world is this 2021? That's W-H-O-S-E. Whose world is this 2021 is Instagram. And whose world is this 21 is at Gmail. The reason why it's 2021 is because that's the year this podcast started. So that whose world is this 2021 is sort of commemorating the inaugural year of this uh, platform, um, such as it is. What are we going to talk about today? I don't know what I was going to name this, but I was talking to myself. And um, you remember that song, um, Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson? And it's got that that hook. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? And I I wanted to sort of title this uh, informally, Homie, are you okay? Are you okay, homie? I'm not saying that's going to be the title, but that's the theme of this episode. Homie, are you okay? Why am I titling it that? The last episode I just titled, I I titled it, Are You Okay? Why? Because we spoke briefly about the tragic suicide recently of TV personality, uh, Stefan Twitch Boss, who was the DJ for Ellen DeGeneres on when she had her show And he was, I think, a finalist or a winner of So You Think You Can Dance. And this man was a 40-year-old man from the entertainment world, dancer, choreographer, has a wife. I think he leaves behind two to three kids. I can't remember if it's two or three. And if you were to go on his Instagram or his wife's Instagram, all you would see is dancing, dancing, and dancing, and dance machines, smiling. The man had a sort of a, yet uh, he, he was very charismatic. I didn't watch Ellen's show, uh, but I knew of him. And the reason why I knew of him is because my fiance is, is into dance and choreography. So she told me about him from So You Think You Can Dance. And she told me he was a good guy. And then I'd watch him, and then she would show me the gr- his grams. And then when I was on Instagram, I would look, and i go, oh, yeah, that's cool. And every single little tidbit that he would put out there left a a positive impression on me you know i don't know the man personally i don't know anything about him i just know what he shows and i said yeah good guy looks like he's living a good life looks like he's living a life that you know almost every 40 year old man should envy got the got the got the got the wife got the kids got everybody out there good for him right this man commits suicide homie are you okay And that's not a rhetorical question. Hmm. I realize that a lot of my homies aren't okay. Many of them are not. I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, New York. And um, my coming of age, I saw some things that I don't think teenagers should see in the first world. What I saw, I don't think any child should see, but I don't think you should be experiencing it in the richest country, in the richest or one of the richest cities in the world. Things that I saw or experienced, witnessed. Um, and I have many friends from my childhood, my teenage years are no longer my friends. They've broken down mentally. Some of them have been committed to mental institutions. Some of them have gone on to commit crimes. And instead of being in a mental institution, uh, they're in prison where their mental state uh, is deteriorating as we speak. I have certain friends like that Um, and just others that I said, I can no longer know you. I can no longer be this affiliated with you. You can no longer have my number or I can no longer have yours. I had to distance myself from them because I realized we were literally living two different realities. How they saw things was in such stark contrast and it was fine, but it was destructive. Their uh, How they saw things was too destructive for my taste. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have to make a decision, a business decision, a boss move. And I did that. And I moved on. And I found myself at one time without many friends from my childhood, many human beings that I thought I would know, you know, forever. You know, I thought I, you know, they'd be at my wedding. I'd be at their wedding. You know, my kids going to marry their kids, you know, kind of situation. We all thought that, you know, my my wife is going to be friends with your wife and you know, and that's going to be like that. We're going to be just grown up dudes, just, you know, <clears throat> we're just going to take this these these relationships that we had clowning around and our borrowing our mom's cars and doing all of that and going from owning our homes and, you know, our kids playing in the same thing. I, I, I saw that. But yet so to reach an age where, you know, I thought that I would have these people around and none of them are around. None of them are around. And it's a strange feeling. And so many of it has to do with there's varying degrees of of mental illness. <laughs> and it's it's stark to me because I am identified as black in America. That's how I'm identified. And those who are identified in this demographic don't take mental health issues seriously. We use the word crazy in a liberal fashion. Oh, that dude crazy. Keep it moving. So a lot of behavior gets excused. But now with the, with the level of emphasis that there is on mental health, and, and, I've, and I've, to a certain degree, identified certain things about myself and said, listen, take care of that. But I've always been hyper-reflective. I've been the kind of person that's looked in the mirror and said, June, you may be able to fool everybody out there, but I know what you need to work on. So I don't shy away from the man in the mirror. I don't close my eyes when I brush my teeth or I put lotion on my face. I look that man dead in his eyes and I let him know, I see you. Like Avatar, I see you. I know what you're about, dude. I know what you're struggling with. I know what you're working through. I know all of this stuff. Get to it so you can get through it. And I may take a while to get to it. I may take me a little while to get through it. But I know it. I don't surprise me. You understand? So many of my act, my actions don't surprise me. I, you rarely will you find me in a situation where I'll say, I don't know what came over me. I know what came over me. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I know where it came from. I may not have addressed it. I may not have fixed it. But I know what that check engine light means. I know what I got to fix. I may not have the money to fix it. I may not have the resources. But I know. I may need to do a better job of getting to it, getting to the repairs and treating it as a priority. But I know. But guess what, people? Not everyone is as fortunate as me to know exactly what or I'm not going to say exactly, but to know to a certain degree what's going on inside of them internally, mentally. Many people are walking around thinking it's okay to lash out the way they do. It's okay to destroy relationships the way they do. It's okay to blow up opportunities and block blessings in the way that they do. It's okay for them to reach for the lesser yeses and wonder why this life isn't giving them what they think it should be giving them. Or they're not living the life they feel that they deserve or earn. And they have yet to have the capacity to look in the mirror with the eyes open and go, ah. And sometimes it's above your pay grade. You may need to go to somebody else, a professional, a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a counselor, a mental health professional, whomever who can help you with these dynamics. Maybe give you the language and the taxonomy to deal with this and give it a word. So that it becomes more tangible to you, and not this sort of still in this ethereal, intangible mode, where it just feels as if it's a, a, a you know, it's just a, a, a pussy willow. You blow, and you're trying to grab one of the little little feathers or whatever from the, and, and you just can't grab it. The wind is blowing it, and and it's like a butterfly trying to catch a butterfly. That's how we're dealing. So many of us are dealing with our emotions. We're trying to catch a butterfly with our bare hands, just running, no net. No idea, just running and chasing a butterfly's sporadic actions. You can't treat yourself that way. Why am I bringing this up? One, is because of tis the season. Because this is a very, tis the season to be jolly, question mark. Because this is also a season where there's an uptick in suicides. This is also a season where there's an uptick in depression. Because some people are alone or they feel alone. And even if they're in a room filled with all of their friends and relatives, they don't feel a connection to these people. Even though history connects them, biology connects them, experiences connect them, but they do not feel the connection. And that brings them more sadness than being alone sometimes. I'm speaking to everyone who's feeling like that. that you're not by yourself. That if you feel like holding on and staying with us another day or two or a week or a month or a year, you are valued. You working on yourself is a value to every single last person. Whether you're in Afghanistan, Africa, United States, New Mexico, Mexico, Brazil, England, I don't care. You are, Working on you sends out the kind of energy that someone else that you will never meet will feel it. I'm not being hyperbolic here. You do the work, there are those out there that will understand, that will feel it. They will see you in the street smiling. They will see you acknowledging, acknowledging them. Remember what I said last episode, I value people. That's why I acknowledge people when I'm in the street. I let them know that they're whole. So when I see you, I look you dead in your eyes and I go, how's everything going? What's up, all right? Always acknowledgement. So many people feel invisible that what they went through doesn't matter. What they've gone through or what they're going through does it matter? And then they go online and they find ways to chit chat and bitter bat and tweet and twat and twat with their tweets, and, and and all it does it's a force multiplier. We've spoken about it. Matter of fact, let me read something to you guys. <clears throat> this was surprising, but before I get to that, the reason why I'm bringing this up is not only because it's holiday season. The reason why I'm doing this particular episode conversation right now in the evening I usually don't do podcasts in the evening I usually don't speak during the evening evening times are for me to eat for me to wind down for me to write do other things I don't do this per se I usually do this early in the day I don't know why it's just something that that's worked for me there have been times in the middle of the night where I've woken up and said I should do an episode right now and I said no, no 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 let's save all of that for the morning you know you know, try to keep a mental note. Sometimes I'll get to my phone, text myself a quick thing. And so when I see it in the morning, uh, I'll remember, I'll do that. But it's because a a former friend of mine, this was a good friend of mine I met over 10 years ago. A very good friend of mine. We had a falling out some years back, about three years ago. Mm, Let's say, yeah, two years. Falling out, sort of took this person under my wing to a certain degree. You know, I noticed they were going through some things. We met in college. It was a cool dude. We spoke, liked the same kind of music, whatever, whatever. It was cool. We're speaking. He's speaking about what he's going through. We speak. You know, we, we become boys, you know. And um, I realized that a lot of the angst he was going through was just built on these traumas. And he would always default to a subject that would make him angry, even though he wasn't an angry person, but he he had angers inside. He has a fractured relationship with both parents and a fractured relationship with his siblings, all of which are male. And he identifies within a population that is identified as black American. That's who he's identified as. That's the box that they would have him check. So we would speak about things. And me being somewhat well-read, somewhat experienced, and, 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 and has somewhat of an ability to crystallize the things that he's gone through and articulate them, and being able to identify and empathize with people that may be going through things, regardless of walk of life, call it intuition, call it whatever, but I have it. It's, I get it from my mom, and my mom gets it from her, grandpa, from her dad and, and her mom. My grandma was an extremely intuitive woman, she would shake your hand and would know a lot about you. And I'm not saying I'm like that, but I'm saying you pick up on cues. You know, this human experience is more nonverbal than verbal. And, I, and, I, and for whatever reason, intuitively, I pick up on those cues. I understand that nonverbal communication. I can't identify it, but I can say, what, this person feels like this and this, that, and the third in these situations. People go, well, how do you know, June? They didn't tell you that. Yes, they did. Non-verbally, they did. And then what they said verbally, I'll see if it adds up, if it lines up, so to speak. Reason why I'm bringing this up is because this particular person, we had the falling out. I would still reach out via email. Hey, how you doing? Just checking up on you. Hey, hope you're having a good birthday. Blah, 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 I hope you enjoy uh, peace and blessings. I would do that to let that person know that I'm not moving with my ego. Because your ego wants you to feel offended. Your ego wants you to feel betrayed. Your ego is what says, how dare they? How dare they talk to me that way? And I have a healthy ego, but I know him and I know his voice. And he's, that's how he sounds. He sounds sort of like Tim Gunn. Like, who do they think they are? Are they talking to me? Do they not know from whence I came? I'm June, damn it. That's ego. You're nobody. No, everybody's nobody and everybody's somebody. So when I hear that, I go, that's the ego. That's my ego. And I'll say it to people. Yeah, yeah, I let my ego get involved in that. And I, So I will say to him, this person, we had a falling out. We're no longer friends. And I'm not saying that we could, we'll never be friends. So my way of fighting my ego and how offended my ego was by certain things that were said and words that were exchanged, I just reach out to say what's up. And recently, you know, I, I did a, I did a podcast. I guess you guys know it. America is failing its boys. And that's been one of my most popular episodes. That episode was very near and dear to me. If you guys are new listeners, please go back and listen to it. I, no matter what I say here, won't spoil it. Many of my listeners have reached out to me via email. I've had long exchanges and conversations, robust conversations. I've gotten thumbs up. I've gotten people who felt a bit triggered by it. People who said I had to, that they couldn't listen to the whole thing. People who said they finally got through it a month or so later. I'd have to look up right now when, that, when I did that episode. Give me one second while we're speaking. I would love to know when I did that episode because I can't remember at the moment. I know it was a while ago, um, but this episode resonated with people, and I appreciated that because it was it was very near and dear to me. It was called "America's Failing Its Boys." Yes, July Fourth, twenty twenty-two. So that was my Independence Day uh, uh, um, episode. America is failing its boys. I spoke about. The the increased frequency in mass shootings, suicides amongst our boys and the dropout rate, high school, college, et cetera, and their juvenile delinquency and all of these little factors that come in. And it didn't matter what color you were, quote unquote, color. Didn't matter what demographic you were. You you you've been ascribed to or you align yourself with or you are identified as or you identify as it didn't matter. It didn't matter what socioeconomic status. America is failing all of its boys. I didn't care. Rich boy, poor boy, black boy, Spanish boy, white boy, Asian boy, mixed, didn't matter. Mixed race boy, gay boy, straight boy, you're being failed. I sent that episode to this particular person. And I felt that, and the reason why I sent it was because he's kind of, he's often spoke about how, you know, his his ancestry has been wronged historically by this country. And he would be right and correct, right and exact and accurate in that assessment. His demographic has been wronged, who he ide- who he identifies with has been wronged. So I said that to him. He responded. I said, hey, listen, I just wanted to send you this hope all is well in your world. Just wanted to send you this episode. Um, I think I said something along the lines of. Uh, um This has been an episode that's been resonating with a lot of the listeners. I just thought I'd share, you know, hope all is well. Left it at that. I don't know, not too long after that, I got a response saying, June, I just listened to the episode. He said it was brilliant. Uh, It was very apt and timely. Those were his exact words, if I can recall. Apt and timely. I was like, cool. Glad you got something from it whatever. Cool. He added on some things. I was like, cool. Yeah, man, whatever, whatever. I said, yo, dude. So then we had a little conversation where he said, listen, man, let me get your number. Let's speak. So we spoke, aired some things out very fruitfully. He said, Junior, like a brother to me. I appreciate, you know, I was hurting. I was going through some things. I don't know why I was talking to you that way. I think I was just projecting a lot of things going on in my world and you have a strong personality and you're like a big bro figure. So I think that was my way of sort of asserting my Whatever, because he's like I said, this is trauma. He has a fractured relationship with both parents, a fractured relationship with his male siblings. And here I come with my personality, dispensing advice, being there. Does this person know who to trust? When the people that were supposed to love him first and love him most and love him best failed him. Does he know who to trust? So here I come along, like, hey, you know, yo, you need to do this, yo. How you doing, man? You good? You good? You good? You good? Just checking up, like, yo, you my bro. If you're my people, you know that about me. I I'll do check-ins. You, if you're in my circle, I do that. I don't care. I have seventy-year-old retirees who I've met and who've who've had a great impact on my life. I reach out to them. Hey, what you doing? Hey, I'm going on a walk. Hope you're walking too. And they'll call me like like a day later going, June, if you didn't, if you hadn't sent me that message, I wouldn't have gone for my walk. I have this one friend of mine. He's 70 years old, old enough to be my papa. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up, man? He loves to walk, but sometimes he doesn't feel up to it. And, you know, and I was like, bro, are you walking? Because I'm walking. And he said he walks every single time he sees an audio message from me. He goes, oh, June is probably trying to get me. That's just me. If you're my people. I don't do that for everybody. If you're my people. I'm a Scorpio. So if you get into my circle, you're in my circle. You got to do something dastardly to not be there anymore. Why am I saying this? Because this very same person. I'd reached out to, you know, we had our conversation, to, told me he, he got some things off his chest. And I told him all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Don't worry about it. Does that mean in my mind he and I were going to be best buds again? No, that didn't mean that. That meant all was forgiven. That meant this is the path to reconciliation. You, I extend an olive branch, you extend one, and we see. And then I'll see if <clears throat> how much you've grown. That took a big step for a man to admit his wrongs to another man. And, and I respect that completely, and I appreciate it because it valued, showed value. It showed I was valued, and that was important. <clears throat> We're going to get back to that. So I had reached out just to see how this person was doing, because I know this person has been visiting family. Remember what I've said to you guys over the last couple of episodes. I said, check in on your peoples. Check in on them. So I practice what I'm preaching here. I reached out. Yo, you good? You visiting with family? You going to be with the family? Then he texts me, goes, who is this? Such and such? It's like somebody else's name. I said, no, this is June. He was like, oh. He immediately goes in and says, I don't appreciate your America's Failing Black Babies episode. I am not being failed. I find it condescending. I find it this. I find it that. Meanwhile, months ago, the same person said that same episode was apt and timely and brilliant. Now, he's saying, You're offending me. You're being condescending. I don't trust you. I don't trust it. And I read that and I said, where's the line that needs to be drawn where I realize I have to protect the parameters of my own sanctity and mental health and spiritual health and wealth? because I reached out to this person. I'm the one who kept reaching out. Was that the ego? Was that me reaching out in friendship, in kinship, in fellowship? Or was that my ego saying, this dude was my project, and this project didn't turn out the way I thought it was gonna turn out? Because I had to evaluate, because I said to myself, are you a broken winger, June? going around fixing broken wings for free. But yet in the meantime, when you're in certain dynamics where it's supposed to be steel sharpening steel in a world that shows us zero love, in an adversarial universe, we are looking for A-alikes, people alike with you, like minds on like missions. I could care, care not if you are in a specific demographic. That's what I look for. Fishermen looking at another fisherman across the across the pond or across the lake. Looking for air likes who be alike so we can see alike. And you see someone who has that potential. And yes, this is when none of us are perfect. So you see these imperfections and you go, yo, listen, you straighten this out, you'll be a superman. Gonna be Black Adam. You're gonna be straight, and people will resent you for seeing the greatness in them that they do not see in themselves, because they look in the mirror and they do not look themselves in the eye. And you're looking at them dead in their face, and you're telling them, "You're more. You get past your past. You can do more, and you can be more." And then you tell them the truth you start putting together puzzles in their life, the verbal and nonverbal cues, all the information that they've given you, and you pull, it, you pull together a, a, a full narrative of their lives, and you tell them, and you show it to them, and you present it to them. Trust me, the messenger gets killed. I know, I've been the messenger. I've been that guy in the lives of many, many of my friends when I was coming up in high school. I was able to do more for them than I was able to do for myself i identified the things in them forensically that they needed to do to get from point a to point b out of the doldrums with whence they were in to where they needed to be and go and they hated me for it just like this human being who's obviously not well not well and we've had several conversations do you remember last episode where I said I had this friend who I said listen a lot of the issues that you're going through are above my pay grade and they're above your pay grade you need to seek a mental pro- mental health professional that person didn't have a car at the time I did and I said I will drive you twice a week to your appointments I can only do twice a week because I'm also taking care of my stuff and my family my health my wealth my well-being my woman's well being, my mom helping out my being there, being an uncle, being a big bro. So I didn't, so I said, but you gotta, if you wanna get to that next thing, it's time to start putting words, putting these things that you're going through in a box and go speak to someone without judgment that you can just speak to. You're paying them to listen to you. And this person had benefits because they were former. let's just say they had benefits. So I said, you have all the benefits. All of this stuff is not even coming out of pocket. I'll save you the Uber ride because I know you're on limited funds and you don't have a car. Save that money, use it for your food or groceries or whatever. I'll take you to the appointment and I'll wait. This is the kind of treatment you get from people who when you tell them this is what you need to do to be great. Marcus Aurelius once said that it never ceases to amaze him how we all love ourselves more than other people, but care more about their opinion than our own. I'm going to get to that. But before I get to that, let's get to Thomas Paine. He who dares not offend cannot be honest. Thomas Paine. He who dares not offend cannot be honest. Did that episode trigger something when I said America failed its borders? He felt I was being condescending. Why didn't the other people that reached out to me feel as if I was being condescending? Why did they say to me, June, that really hit home? Men, whether they were in military, whether they were conservative, whether they were liberals, whether they were Antifa, <clears throat> whether they were, li- listen, in my crew, I got Proud Boys. Well, people who identify, people who align themselves with Proud Boys. In my crew, I have Antifas. In my crew, I have Panthers, not not BLMers, Panthers. In my crew, I got Marines, hoorah, dudes trying to go back. Like, listen, I'm trying to reenlist. Forget all this school. Forget all this civilian life crap. People in Porsches, people on buses. That's who listens to this. And they all reached out, regardless of demographic, regardless of political affiliation, regardless of socioeconomic status or education. They reached out and said, June, that was necessary. That hit home. And I didn't even go as far as I could have. I kept it cursory. Because I knew I was going to go back, and when I went back and revisited that topic, I would be able to take a deeper dive. But I wanted to set the baseline, and that's why I do it. Many, many of these episodes, they're part ones, and I'll, ha- I'll introduce the part two maybe months later. There's a reason for that, because sometimes I go, how far do I need to go with this one episode? I said, you know what, Let, let let's just set a, let's just set a baseline, and then from there. But he who dares not offend cannot be honest. I am not an entertainer. I'm not here for anyone's amusement. I could be entertaining, but I'm not an entertainer. I could be funny, but I'm not a comedian. So there are certain times where people are going to agree with me wholeheartedly. I've said it before, minute nine, you could be like June. June was spot on with that. But then minute 29, you're like, man, I completely disagree with dude on that one. Great. Welcome to being human. Now, you can disagree, but am I wrong? You can disagree, but am I inaccurate? You can be offended, but am I wrong or inaccurate? Am I lying? And if the answer is no, then you kind of have to take that on the chin and then look in the mirror with your eyes open while you're brushing your teeth and ask yourself, why are you triggered by what was said? And I'm I'm using this tough love because I live in a tough world. I live in a tough world and everyone that's listening to me is going to be entering into either their teenage years or in their adulthood because I have a friend of mine, her son and daughter listen to me. They listen to me together and her kids are, one is a teenager, one's about to be a teenager. They listen to me. I told her, I'm not going to curse on this show. I said, I'm not going to say anything crazy. I said, however, the music that they're listening to is infinitely more racy than anything that will ever be said. So even if I do say a couple of words here and there, I mean, cut me some slack. Because you know what you know, you know know everybody is listening to. So I, I know the music her kids listen to. I'm like, come on now. You know, you know. But they, she asked me, said, is your show clean? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a family show. literally, I put family in underlined bold print. It's a family show. Because that's what I promote here. So I have to promote healing. I have to promote people going to see someone about your check engine light, your emotional check engine light. Because I know the more whole you are and the more whole the person you're looking for is, you guys can get together. Couple, couple up. And get these babies and keep this human species, functional human species going. Not the dysfunctional parts of the human species going. So that's my agenda, if anyone wants to know what my agenda is. It's a family show. Okay? And maybe sometimes some of the men that are triggered by the things that I say and some of the women that are triggered by the things that I say haven't had a male role model in their lives growing up those formative years that speak with a certain level of succinctness that I do or a level of clarity and authority. Maybe they're not accustomed to hearing baritone in a particular voice growing up because they were raised by their mama respectfully and that's fine. But I'm not going to increase. I'm not going to speak at a higher octave or, 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 or sort of obfuscate the truth due to the because of the possibility that it may or may not offend or trigger certain things that are going on. It's up to you to identify your triggers, get to it, so you can get through it. He who dares not offend cannot be honest. I'm doing my level best to be honest and and accurate. Not just speak my truth, speak the truth. And in that episode, in that episode, I would like, I would challenge that particular individual to find a lie that was told, but they can't, and that's not what this was about. This is about people that are hurting. Homie, are you okay? Homie, are you okay? This is important. So let me get to this one person I was speaking about. This is, remember when we had that episode? Um, What was the title of that episode I did? I said, we don't need faster tech. We need a fast from tech. Because when I was speaking about America failing its boys, I was going into a lot of different factors. So I was dealing with that. Listen to this person. This is Steve Jervetson. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Steve Jervetson. He's someone that I follow. Who is Steve Jervetson? He's a venture capitalist. I'm paying attention to a lot of venture capitalists out there because I will be seeking capital shortly. So I have a short list of venture capital capitalists of high regard. Who is he? What is his mission statement? His mission statement is focused on founder-led, mission-driven companies at the cutting edge of disruptive technology. That's his mission statement. Who is he? He is co-founder at Future Ventures. He is board director at SpaceX. You know what SpaceX is? That's that whole space company that Elon Musk, like one of the richest men on the planet with the richest, most successful car company ever. This man, Steve Jurvetson, is the board director at SpaceX. He's also uh, was working at Tesla, I think not entirely sure yeah board director at tesla board direct at spacex former research and development engineer at hewlett-packard this man has a master's degree in electrical engineering very intelligent man very tech savvy a futurist looking at ai augmented technology the metaverse the this the that and the third blah 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 masters at Stanford university big deal he has a post and he did this today. So it's interesting because I had this little mini text exchange with this former friend of mine. And then I said, I'm going to have to go online. I, I think I'm going to have to get some of this out. And then I happened to look through my notifications. And Steve Gervetson, right before I'm going to go live on this microphone and crack this microphone for you guys. Steve Gervetson says, in a post, six hours ago, this afternoon, today, He says, I am going to stop doing social media. I have an unhealthy relationship with it as it has become the way I seek external validation and approval. And he puts in parentheses, a proxy for my parents love. I'll check back in in a decade. Wow. And then he ends it with a quote from Albert Einstein where he says a human being is part of the whole, called by us the universe, a part limited in time and space. We experience ourselves, our thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature of beauty, of whole of nature in its beauty. Albert Einstein. This delusion of our own personal thoughts and feelings, restricting us to our own personal desires, and our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion. That's what this is. That's what this platform I'm doing is. Widening the circle of compassion to embrace people, whether you feel empowered and strong and motivated and ambitious, or whether you feel fatigued, you feel downtrodden, you feel beaten up, you feel emotionally battered and bruised. And you come to this platform spiritually in need of some, a space where you can just listen to someone. Speak about things. Without telling you, you got to start nine different streams of income or do this or you're a loser or do that. Who's telling you right as you sit, you're valued and you have value right now. You want to add value, you have to look in the mirror and you have to do an honest reckoning and inventory. You have to take inventory. It's the most difficult thing you're gonna do. And as men, we tend to walk off our pain. If our car has a check engine light, we're going straight to the mechanic. Hey, listen, tell me what's wrong with this. I heard a little knock, heard a thing, and then there's a light coming on and there's a little knock. I don't know, I turn the wheel this way and it gives me a little shiver and then a steer wheel. Oh yeah, but when it's going on inside of us, this vessel, you can buy cars, trade cars. You don't even need a car. You can Uber. You can Uber. You don't even need a car. You can use Lyft, Uber, this one, that one. You need this body. You need this mind. Without it, you got nothing. And we'll let all types of check engine lights go on. And now I'm all right. Yeah. Sitting there bleeding, like, oh, that looks infected. You need to take it, and now I'm just gonna put some Robitussin on it. It's all good. That's all. I, I, I'm, I'm all right. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's a, that's a funny joke. Robitussin. Look up Chris Rock Robitussin. I love that joke. Love that bit. That's who we. That's what we do. Women may go talk to a friend may write it in a diary. We spoke about diaries. We spoke about the Gratitude Journal, Chavez House Publishing, get yourself one. We spoke about, write, women write diaries since they're kids. They're accustomed to just expressing themselves, getting this stuff out of their head. Or they'll talk to a friend ad nauseum. Guys, look, like, what's good with you? Ah, I'm all right, man, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know, you know, the same old, same old. Brush it off. Pain, trauma. But yeah, 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 I'm all right, I'm all right. You're not all right. Homie, are you okay? Steve Jervetson, SpaceX. Tesla. Mechanical engineer. Part of Next Computer. Former product marketing at Apple. Former consultant at Hewlett-Packard. This is a computer guy saying, I got to get off the web. It ain't healthy. And told everyone... How brave is this? This is a board director. Men, we take, when we expose ourselves, our, expose our innermost thoughts and say, you know what? I, I'm having, I, I need to take a break. We think that other men are going to interpret that as weakness. So we go, man, that dude weak, man. He talking about he need a break. What's wrong with him? Man up. Man up, What's his, what's his deal? dude has a lot to lose but you know from a perception perspective doing what he did on his Facebook page but in his mind he had more to gain he was taking control getting to it proper inventory honest inventory and took a look at himself with his eyes open in the mirror and looked at the man in the mirror and he was like homie are you okay And the man in the mirror shook his head, did not nod, shook from left to right and said, nah, no, we're not. And then he asked, well, what's wrong? He got to it. And that's the only way he's gonna get through it. So to see Steve Jervetson say that, more and more of us out there, guys, gals, whoever's listening, young ones, old ones, 13, 35, 45, 65, 70. You got to ask yourself, are you okay? Because it, 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 I just, it was amazing how this all happened today. Get that little exchange, and that exchange disturbed me. It rattled me. I was like, "What, yo, what the hell, what's going on with this cat? Didn't we just... What do you mean I'm oh, this is a condescending? You don't trust it. You can't trust me. This is condescending. You, you, you sent me an email and I'm saying, oh, wait a minute, June, you're getting offended. And you're getting offended by someone who you've identified from the onset. That. From the outset that this person had things that they needed to take care of, that they project. And oftentimes they're going to project onto you because we project onto those closest to us. We hurt the ones closest to us. So, yeah, you guys are friends or we're friends. But understand, you also represent a lot more. He sees the father he never had when he sees you. He sees the fractured relationships he has with his siblings when he sees you. Now, some people out there may be like, damn, June, you're putting a lot of stuff out there. I'm not. You don't know this person's name, age, address, location. I'm not. This is an ongoing conversation. We're going to have this conversation. I'm not going to name any names ever. I won't do anything like that. But I have friends of mine who've said, I appreciated you bringing my stuff to light so we can, you know, I've had friends. I've said some things on this before that, that, that are from my personal life. And. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the people like I appreciated you doing that, and but some oftentimes beforehand I'm like, listen, I may speak about this in a very vague way. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. I trust you, and we have that trust level. So this person, I don't want to say broke my trust, but to a certain degree. I'm widening this circle of compassion and empathy. But simultaneously, I have to protect myself from people like this. How much I open myself up to be friends and be in fellowship and brotherhood with dudes that are not improving themselves and doing the work. I'll give you a perfect example. I used to be a heavy social drinker. I was the best drinker in my crew. Most of my friends didn't drink, they mostly smoked. I wasn't a smoker, I was a drinker. And I like cognac, I like whiskey, I like rum. I'm a brown liquor person, and I lo- And I, this was before my, my palate as far as alcohol was refined, so I was looking for the strong stuff that was gonna get us messed up, because I am a happy drunk, okay? Me, I'm at, when I'm drinking, I, am, I think I'm funny, everybody's laughing, and it looks like they're not laughing at me, they're laughing with me, so I enjoy it. I'm very, very friendly. I'm, I'm one of those I love you bros, kind of, not quite. You know, how sometimes frat guys, you know, they drink and they go, I love you, bro, you're the best, but then tomorrow they forget you. I'm not like that. I'm going to remember everything that occurred, and I'm very, very happy. So I liked to drink at the, back in the days. I loved it, loved it. I loved the fellowship of it. I loved going to the liquor store, shopping for a bottle, doing this and drinking with my friends and who was going to get too drunk that we were going to play pranks on them. And I loved everything about it. It was hijinks. It was fun. It was always memorable. I loved it. Then I discovered working out. And what I discovered about working out was the results that I wanted in the gym, I wasn't going to be able to get those results if I was drinking the way I was drinking and I realized at that moment, my gym results meant more to me than a night of binge drinking. And so I stopped drinking as much. When I would go to the club, I wouldn't order as many drinks. So I wouldn't order a big. Bo- I wouldn't get a big bottle in pregame before the club. I'd get a smaller bottle. Okay, and I'd get more water, and I would look for ways to make sure that I could flush my system because everything had to do with tomorrow's workout. How am I going to perform in the gym? Because how I perform in the gym is the only way I'm going to get outcomes. The outcome comes from what I put in. Input is going to determine my outcome. So the work I put in the gym, I'm going to see it. So it meant more to me. The long-term results of consistent working out meant more to me than that momentary uh, euphoria from drinking, Okay. That's how I feel about these situations. Like I have to protect myself from uh, situations that are almost have no redeemable value. When you look at them and go, wait a minute. I can put and put and put into a situation. I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get stronger by it. So when I saw that, I said, man, this is a conundrum I'm in because this person is lashing out, you know, whatever. I said, but I did it to myself because I'm the one who reached out. Am I offended? And if I'm offended, is it my ego? Do I f- how did I allow myself to get offended again knowing what I know about this person? How, do I, how did I allow this person to surprise me? And there becomes the balancing act in this life of ours, people. You have to be there for yourself. You want to be there for others. You can't save everybody. You can't help everybody. All you can do is if you see something, you say something. But be prepared that not everyone is ready for what you have to say. You could lose a friendship. You can loosen friendships. There have been friendships and relationships that have been loosened due to the things that I have said On this platform, certain relationships, not because I said anything that had to do with them or their personal life, just certain stances that I've taken. There have been friends of mine who have taken plenty of stances that I didn't agree with, didn't stop me from being their friend, but certain things that I've said has stopped them from being as close to me as we once were. Is that me or is that a trigger point? Is it me or is it your trigger? Did I say something insensitive? Question mark. Depends on who you ask. Did I say something offensive? Question mark. Depends on who you ask. Did I say something inaccurate? No. <laughs> because it would just be, it would be as easy as saying, June, you 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 kind of messed up right there. i like, oh my bad. You know what? You're right. I'm gonna have to address that. You're right. It's not what happened. People are not looking in the because the whole time i'm going through a whole range of things while looking at this person's text and i'm going <clears throat> june is it your ego maintain maintain curb your ego make sure you're not getting offended make sure that if you respond you do not respond with any sort of vitriol you don't respond with the same sort of energy that was given to you because you're not in that same space that this person's in not an easy thing, but necessary thing. This is very important, people. It's very important because I looked at that and I said, wow, people will be offended and people will be hurt, but people also will be triggered. People who are already hurt, who are hurt by others and they see you and as friends and as empathizers and people of compassion you have to know that there are only certain people you can help that the person that you have to help the most first and foremost is yourself you have to be you have to make sure that you're strong enough to handle your stuff before you can handle anyone else's and you have to do the work and sometimes it's a little bit more work than Wayne Dyer can help you with or uh uh uh, uh, books or Dale Carnegie <clears throat> or, 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 or Earl Nightingale or Tony Robbins or, or Eckhart Tolle. Sometimes it's a little deeper than that. Sometimes, or or the Bible or the Quran, right? Or Buddha. Confu- it may be a little, you may need to just go speak to somebody, right? Sometimes just be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm using that too but it's like you have an ailment and there's multiple treatments. It's like you go to a a physical therapist and you got something wrong with your body. Guess what? It's not one thing. It's a series of things. It's heat. It's cold. It's ultrasound. It's nodes. It's movement. It's stretching. All of that to get that little tiny piece of you back to normal. Now think about the emotions that you have and how infinite in capacity they are and how deep they run emotional wounds are far deeper and far reaching more than a physical wound so think about how much treatment it takes to get your neck your back your shoulder your knees elbows all together think about that i had a little frozen shoulder issue i have right i gotta do all types of different things it's an hour and a half two hours Working on this, 10, 15 minutes of that, nothing thing of that. Then I got to go home and do it again on my own time. Like, wait, what? You mean just doing it here is not enough? You mean while I'm in therapy? Oh, you mean I got to take this therapy home and make sure I'm doing it when I'm not here? Oh, I have to implement all the things we're doing here out into my world? Oh, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah, you want to get better? You want to get better? You want to be healed? Then that's the work you have to do. That's the work you have to do. And I realize that even with me. I realize that with me. Because I realize that, um, that statement from, uh, Marcus Aurelius, where he says, it never ceases to amaze him that we all love ourselves more than other people but care more about their opinion than our own. I think part of the reason why I was reticent at first to to, 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 to really blast off each and every episode that I did was because I looked at this online world because this person I'm speaking about was spending a great deal of time online and I was telling them, stop, read, leave your phone at home, read a book, but read a book that's just like a fairy tale. Read something just strictly for giggles, not political this, not something that's going to arouse a certain kind of political manifestation or frustration or some racial, but just read something like an Edgar Allan Poe. Read a horror story. Read something. I love Edgar Allan Poe mysteries. I'm immersed. I've been reading them since I was a kid and I've reread them. I always get some sort of edition of Edgar Allan Poe's poems, essays, short stories. I love them. They take me to a completely different place. I don't know where, but I feel as if the way he writes, I can hear every creak, every, I can see every spider web, I can smell the must, everything. He's, it's just, I love that. And it takes me out of certain zones, more than any TV show or any b- meme or YouTube, whatever. It takes me to a different place. And I like the place it takes me. I told him, you got to get offline, bro. And I know something about me. I'm confrontational. I come from an era where if I don't like something, I knock on your door. There have been plenty of times where I would hear things in the street, right? The rumors, the original memes, the original TMZ was people talking garbage in the street. And I'm like, such and such said what? Oh, really? Really? I would knock on such-and-such's door. I wasn't going to put myself in a position where I was going to say, well, tell such-and-such such that I said, uh-uh, we're not going to do that. I'm going to go on my own time without anyone around and go poop, 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 poop. Yo, can I talk to you for a second? Yo, so, you know, I heard, and I'm not going to say from who, because no need to involve anybody else, but I heard this, and I'm like, I don't know what that's about, but I'm thinking let's clear it, square it now so we don't have any more problems. I was notorious. I was a habitual port stepper. I step to your porch and I knock on your door. This online world filled with people that are unhinged, people that are hurt, people that are trolls, people that are envious, people that are hateful, but also people that are support, supportive. It's filled with people that get to throw stones and hide their hand. I don't understand that world. Because everything that I've said on these platforms, I would say to each and every last person's face. I would say it on a podium. I would say it on a forum. I would say it at a public event with a microphone and all the cameras on and everyone recording. Period. So I don't say things online. So I have a huge issue with that social media world where I see the ugliest side of people. Makes it quite, if I may use for lack of a better word, intimidating. If you're looking to just put something out into the world and knowing that there are people that can just say whatever they want without consequence. You know, I went to a comedy show one time and this guy was heckling someone in the audience was heckling the comedian so much. That that person was kicked out of the venue, eventually the bouncer and the people in the audience said this person's got to go. They're ruining our experience. There's no such of control or con- uh, there, there aren't any controls like that online. That bothers me. Because a couple of people, you know, the loud uh, there's a loud minority that gets to drown out what you're saying based on their their perceived outrage and because they're triggered like this person. Who one minute was very happy with what I said because it was so apt and timely, and the next minute it was so offensive and condescending. Same thing, same two people involved. But this person's going through emotional issues. That one minute it's okay, and the next minute it's not. A lot of those people are online. But like Marcus Aurelius, you can't love yourself and be so amazed ha- and be so concerned with the opinion of others. Because most times I'm not concerned with the opinion of others. My problem is my ego is, will get involved and my ego will be like, who is this anonymous person not using their real name or their real face while I'm out there with my real name, first, middle, last, out there on Front Street? But there comes a price with that. You, you if you if you if you're taking if you if you're speaking to everyone everyone gets to speak to you right and so it's people like him that made me reticent to take this platform to other heights that I want to take it but yet at the same time I keep doing it and I keep pouring money in but not the not not the kind of resources that I should more I should be doing more. And I am going to do more. Because I realize how necessary. I'm not saying I'm necessary. I'm saying how conversations are necessary. Now, I pretty much told that person that I'm going to have to, you know, the same way Steve Jervetson said, I'm going to have to get off social media for a while. I'll check back in in a decade. I had to tell that person, me and you. Let this be the last time we communicate. Let this be the last time. Because I've had several hours long worth of conversation. One of our conversations would be longer than these podcasts, dense with information. So they have enough to move forward with from past conversations. I saw something, I said something. And the messenger is oftentimes who bears the brunt of the message, no matter how accurate, no matter how apt, no matter how brilliant, no matter how timely that message may be, you'll pay for that message. I've said it to you guys before. My heroes have been assassinated, incarcerated, marginalized, exiled, scoriated, ostracized. Those are my heroes. the people I respect and look up to, I don't see them reaping the rewards of their, their dominion over facts and dates and times and having the empathy and the compassion to put others and a a group on a whole or humanity above them. There are no heroes. My, my heroes don't get, they don't get to reap rewards. They don't get to reap tangible rewards. They they don't become um, rich. (laughs) I, I plan on doing a lot better than them because I know, I know, and I know all too well that many, many people are past my pay grade, that there's only so much that I can do. There's only so much. And I understand that. I understand my limitations in a way that others before me did not. I understand it. I understand that my honesty, there's a there's a price I'm going to pay for it. There's a tax, there's a tariff, and it's going to come from the very same people that I want to help. That I want to communicate with, that I want to build fellowships with, that I want aligned with. But I realize (laughs) that that's who's going to put their hand in your pocket. And it'll be waiting for you in the Autobahn, the very same people you want to help. You don't hear me, though. You understand. For those who are the, those are the initiated, they'll understand what that is. Homie, are you OK? Homie, are you OK? This is very important. Because I know that person is with their family right now. And their family, this man has gone to the edges of the earth to get away from his family. Because he says he's he, he feels he's not like them and they are not like him. And he feels alone in that room. And I know many, many people like him who feel alone in the room with their closest loved ones, family and friends. Many unresolved issues, pain that begins from the beginning. Your first love is your mama. Your first love is your daddy. When they fail you, love has failed you. The people who are supposed to look at you and say, you're beautiful, you're awesome. You can do whatever you put your mind to. And if they're not there for you, it's going to be very difficult for you to value yourself. And then when you have siblings and there's acrimony well into adulthood, there's no bond. Who do you trust? And here comes June. Like, hey, man, we brothers, man. It's all good. Brothers, go work this out. What's going on with you? Man, we're going to work that out. It's nothing. Don't worry. Don't worry. But we got to get to it. This is what you got to do. What? They're not accustomed. Forgive them. Can't use my ego. Can't use my ego. There are some people out there that have a problem. I'm going to say this. And which is very interesting. Because like I said. I did that America's failing its boys and every single race and socio-economic uh, uh, demographic reached out. Like I said, from buses to Porsches, literally. And I noticed on a couple of my um, platforms, on a couple of shows and conversations that I've done, the people who take the most offense to the things that I say, are the people who identify themselves as black or who are identified as black in America. They'll say things, it's an old trope. June, I felt a little uncomfortable with you bringing that stuff up in mixed company. What does that mean? I'm gonna go there right now. I'm gonna go there, let's go there. A little bit. What they mean is, they know I have a diverse audience. They know that I have people checking in that are from different races, and they feel that certain things should be kept within the community, this, that, and the third. And they don't like the fact that I don't call it a community. I mean, it's not a community. It's a race. It's, it's an ethnicity. At its, at, its very, at its most accurate, it's a race or ethnicity. But truthfully, it's a social construct. It's not a community. It's a social construct. Because it, you, you, no one is sharing. If I, I'm from New York City, I'm not sharing the same. Take me, for instance. I'm an immigrant. I'm first-generation born in the United States of America. I speak several different languages. That separates me from most Americans. First and foremost, that separates me from most Americans, that I speak more than just English. Okay? That separates me from most people who identify themselves as black in America. Correct? And my family is not here for generations. I am the first generation born in this country. Okay? Okay? So there are certain societal norms and protocols and things that I do that are different from yours. And a community means same protocols and norms. Okay. it's difference. But because we are identified and pulled in together, there is a construct that looks at us the same. That has to be addressed differently than the idea of community. So I say unto them, Listen. If you don't get to it, you got to get you got to get to it to get through it. I speak about imperialism. I speak about socialism. I speak about capitalism. I speak about feminism. I speak about white. I speak about this. I speak about Anglo colonization. I speak about all these things. So you're saying I can speak about all of that, but just don't speak about you. What makes you exempt? What makes the flaws and things going on in, in, in your neck of the woods exempt or excluded from the conversation? It's part of the conversation. Whose world is this? I speak about the island of Haiti. Let's call it what it is. I would prefer that I spend several months out of the year living in Haiti in a wonderful, in a nice little home. It doesn't have to be big. Maybe a 3-2, a 2-1, two, two, or 2-2. Two, two. I don't know if I wanted by a mountain, I don't know if I wanted by a beach, but I love the food, I love the people, I love the culture. It's my mama's culture. It's my dad's culture. It's my grandma my grandpa's culture on both sides. It's a culture I grew up with. It's the first culture I ever knew. Do you understand? So I have a great affinity for the people, for the language, for the food, for the land, everything. And I can't go because it's not practical for me to go. Because people who look like me, the natives, will have my head for no reason. Just because Haiti's in a very dysfunctional place right now. Now, if some Haitians tune in and go, yo, June, why are you putting our business out on the street? What the hell are you talking about? First and foremost, your business is in the BBC, Al Jazeera, CNN, Fox, Reuters, AP. Knock it off. And two, we got to get to it so we can get through it. We have to speak on it. And if others are privy to this conversation, so be it. But there are those out there like, yo, June, you know, I kind of don't know. What's the problem? What's the problem? Steve Gervetson just put out there, listen, man, I'm not doing, it's not healthy for me to do this thing on social media. It's not healthy for me to be on social media. I'm looking for proxy parent parental love. That's personal. This is an adult male, married man putting that out there. Board director of Tesla and SpaceX. And he's saying, yeah, this is, you know, gave us a a a, a snapshot of whoa of his vulnerabilities. So when people use there's certain people who listen to me and say that to me, they'll have zero issue with ninety nine percent of the things I speak about. Soon as I speak about a group that they identify with and there's certain uh, issues within that framework of that group they identify with and I address it critically and I put it under a microscope, now it's a problem. June, why you gotta talk about that, you know what I mean? Around mixed company. I'm like, what are you talking about, mixed company? Your business is out there. Your whole image is hijacked. Your history is hijacked. Everything is hijacked. We can't speak on it? Why can't we speak on it? Why can't we speak about what needs to be done? Hmm? Oh, nah, you gotta speak about it. I said, stop it. I don't believe that. I don't agree. So we're in disagreement. I said, call me when I'm wrong. Maybe that's my ego talking. I said, you've tried everything else. Has that worked out? When I speak about America failing its boys, people didn't go your June. Why are you speaking about America's boys like that? I know your audience is in Europe and you know, your audience is in Spain. I know you have audience in Asia a little bit. You know, we don't want the rest of the world knowing. Stop it. We all have our crosses to bear. Italy has theirs. Greece has theirs. England has theirs. France has theirs. America has its. Africa. We all have our crosses to bear. We have our cross too. People want to know why. And I want everyone to know why. This is what's going on and why. So they can take that back to their village. Yes, I'm the messenger, and there'll be some people here, but... and this is important because that same person who was all of a sudden offended by what I said has said to me in the past <clears throat> because I had another platform back and they said, um, yeah, no, Facebook. I used to say a couple of things on Facebook posting and he used to say, yeah, I kind of felt a little uncomfortable with you kind of putting that out there. Why? I didn't say your name. This wasn't you personally. Oh yeah, you know, but it was like, you know, about, you know, things going on within the such and such community. I was like, so what? So what? I don't see a problem with that. If if someone else goes and says, Yeah, Haiti's dysfunctional right now, a Haitian or a black or whatever says, Oh, Haiti's dysfunctional. There's murders, there's kidnappings, there's this, that, and a third, I'll be like, Yep. Yep. Yes it is. I'm not triggered. I'm hurt not by the messenger or the message. I'm hurt by the reality. The reality disturbs me. There's no animus or vitriol or ill will towards the messenger. It's the reality of it that's disturbing. Not even the message, but the reality. Oftentimes these people are triggered by the truth and the reality. Their truth and their reality. Do not let that become your truth and your reality. I tried to help. I tried to be a friend. I tried to be damn near brother. I extended my hand in fellowship. There are countless conversations that this person has remembered because when we had that conversation, that reconciliatory conversation, there was was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, reminiscing. He spoke to me about things that I said that I forgot I said. But he remembered, so it resonated, so it's there. So use that medicine, because I can no longer be in that way, in in, in the line of fire of those that that need to do the work, because I'm sitting here doing the work. And I'm not talking about just this platform, I'm talking about in general, when the mic is cold and no one's listening. Maybe Stephen Boss Twitch or Steven Twitch boss, that kid who committed suicide, that 40-year-old father of three or father of two and husband, entertainer, whatever, wasn't doing the work. Respectfully, maybe he was doing it for the gram. I'm not saying he was. But I'm saying the same work that it took, maybe it's easy for him to dance and it ain't easy for him to deal with dance with the devil inside of him. I don't know. All I'm saying is, homie, are you okay? Can't walk around with the, yeah, i might, right, I'm good. No, nah, I'm good, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not, nah, I just need a little, I'm gonna just put a little Neosporin on it. Nah, it looks like it's spreading. It went from your elbow and now it's on your ear. Nah, 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 I'm, I'm gonna just put some bacitration on that. It's, it's, it's good. I think we're past bacitration, bruh. I think we need to go to E.R., Are you ready to get to it? The new year. Let me tell you something. Every single day represents an opportunity. So here I am on the cusp of a new year. We're about, what, 10, 12 days away from a new year, 13 days away from a new year, two weeks away from 2023. What? version of yourself do you want projected in the new year? Go to the doctor. You need to do some things. You need to go to the dentist. You need to go to this. You need to go to a dermatologist. You need to lose some weight. You need to stop eating this and stop doing that. Write it all down. Get yourself a Chavez House Journal. Yeah, these are unapologetic plugs, people. We're getting it in. Get yourself a Chavez House Journal. Start writing down all the things you want to get to. And put a little box next to it when you start checking them off. Let's get to it. Because I found myself, and the reason why I'm speaking like this is because I realized disagreeables. Potential disagreeables will have you deterred from your destiny before you even start. Before you even start on the road to your own success, on your own road to your own personal perception of success, you'll stop. You won't even start due to the resistance and the disagreeable energy that you may encounter, which comes with the territory, no matter how well-intentioned, no matter how accurate, no matter how right, how timely, how exact how apt how entertaining how brilliant you are the sooner we get to that the sooner we get to our greatness and the sooner we get to being able to cheer for ourselves. you have to be your biggest cheerleader I remember I used to read a lot about people who um had um debilitating illnesses or life-threatening illnesses <clears throat> And they would always say things like, you have to be your biggest advocate. Even when you go to the doctor, you have to take that doctor's opinion, then go to another doctor and get a second opinion and sometimes get a third opinion. Don't just take everyone's. word. You have to be your biggest advocate. And I used to say to myself, damn, I mean, you go into these doctors, the doctor should know. Right. How many doctors do you have to go to? to get? The- no, you have to. You hear women and you hear men speaking about how they went to how many specialists, how many this, how many that. No one gave them the answer that they wanted, that they needed, the right answer, the accurate answer. Rhetoric. And you had to be your biggest advocate. That's how you have to be in life when it comes to getting things that you want, when it comes to getting yours. Getting yours. Because oftentimes you have to get yours before you can help anybody get theirs. So I have, to, I have to use this as a lesson. I'm still processing this, as, the, as they say. I'm still processing because this is hot off the presses. This just happened today. And you have to be very careful, <clears throat> especially when you identify potential in, in people. You have to see how much of that are you willing? How much of that are you willing to invest? How much in their potential are you willing to invest? How much are you willing to invest that you see that they don't see into that thing that you see, but they don't. You have the insight to see it, but they do not see it in themselves. So when you say these things about them, they feel humbled and complimented at first and they appreciate it and they feel valued. And you think you're telling this person how absolutely awesome they are, how they can achieve whatever they believe in and blah, 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 perceive, achieve, blah, blah. And you know what sets in? When they feel deflated and you come back with that, they don't really believe it. You believe it and they resent you for believing it. And then they question whether you actually believe that or not, or you just know what to say. And they see how you walk and they see how you move and they see how you move in your life. And they realize no matter how many books they read. They don't seem to be able to conjure up the same level of whatever belief or energy that you're able to conjure up. They will hate you. They will hate the light that you bring. They will. And that's okay. You know what that means? You move on to the group that appreciates that light. You have to minimize those people's access to your light. <clears throat> that light, it's there, but they can't they, they're not in a position to put it out. Because when I read that text, it put me in a different mood. I was in a great mood. I was having a, I had a great day. I'm writing a book, guys, and I went to the bookstore and I put my noise canceling headphones on and I was typing away. I don't know if it's going to turn out good or not, but the outline I was writing. So at least I was using the muscle. Right. So I was writing and I was staying on topic. So I was happy. And then I made some calls and, and some opportunities came in. You know, and I'm and I'm very happy. I was able to send some gifts out to some family, and things are all right. Things are all right. So I came home like, hey, you know, and then all of a sudden that text I sent that text like, hey, I hope all is well, because remember what I said in the last episode? Checking on your people around this holiday season. It's not all good for everybody. It's tough times. Are you okay? So I hit them up. Are you good? What's good? And to get all of that in return. Took me for a turn. Wait, what's going on? <sighs> he who dares not offend cannot be honest. Homie, are you okay? Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at uh. Steve Jervetson. I am going to stop doing social media. I have an unhealthy relationship with it as it has become the way I seek external validation and approval, a proxy for my parents' love. I'll check back in a decade or two to see what I missed. A board of director of SpaceX, a board director at Tesla, a former product marketer at Apple, a former research and development engineer at Hewlett-Packard, Stanford Graduate School of Business, master's degree of electrical engineering, no longer wants to be online. It's like, I'm good. And he puts a picture up of his adolescent self with some horn-rimmed glasses, even though he's married now, because what he's trying to do is heal the little boy in him. See where I'm going with this, people? So the person who had the little issue with me, it's not really an issue they have with me. It's an issue with themselves. They may have a problem with some of the information I put out in this episode. That's fine. We all have to heal the little boy in us, the child in us. I've said that eons ago. So this dude, he puts a picture of who, a a, a kid picture. A, a picture of him as a little boy. He said, I brought this photo from my childhood as a memento of my inner child, my favorite part of me. Yo, <clears throat> this man has pretty much everything. If you're a board of director at Tesla and SpaceX, you're a graduate at Stanford, for all, from all appearances, you're doing pretty well for yourself, aren't you? Ivy League education obviously extremely intelligent electrical engineering at stanford not an easy not an easy feat awesome good for you now, you, you are you have been part of the most game changing companies in this world over the last 30 years 40 years apple been around for 40 plus between apple and and tesla and spacex like he said his mission statement is focused on founder-led, mission-driven companies at the cutting edge of disruptive technology. He wants to be at the cutting edge, and he is, and he was. That's what he does. That's what he does. Co-founder at Future Ventures. This guy's a big deal. <laughs> this reality of ours that we're living right now, met he's a part of that. He's one of the architects of that. Remember Fast From Tech when I spoke about all of those Silicon Valley parents that are spending $30,000 a year on elementary schools for their kids that are low-tech? Isn't any Wi-Fi? Back to chalkboards. Back to Sharpies. No tablets. While schools in the inner city are saying, we need more technology for the children. Meanwhile, the architects, the founders, and creators of this technology are taking a fast from tech, not looking for faster tech. What's going on? We had this conversation, and here, out of the presses, here's a man saying who helped create this metaverse universe that we're in, who's part of the reason why I'm able to speak to you. Many of you are listening to me over iTunes. Sky was product marketing at Apple. Apple iTunes. One of the reasons why we're able to communicate with each other without you having my phone number or me having yours or you seeing my face. Without me even knowing who you are personally, we're able to have this conversation. Steve Jurvetson is one of those reasons. And look at this. He's saying, I need a break from this, man. It's not healthy for me. I'm using this as proxy validation. I, I, I'm I trying to heal that inner child. That inner child is 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 that impetuous, obnoxious, hurt little kid. And there's a lot of those on the web. When you're wondering how 20, 30, 40, 50-year-olds can act the way they do online, guess what? That's the one place that, that hurt un- the hurt, unresolved issues of their inner child get to manifest itself through that anonymity. They can't do it at work. They can't do it in in that intimate relationship. They suppress their feelings around their family and friends. So they take on an avatar. They take on a name, a username, that's not their first or last name. It's a picture of some cartoon or something else. It's not them. And that inner child, that hurt kid, gets to go out there in the world and say, I feel offended by what you said and it was condescending. I don't trust it, and I don't trust you. And that's what was said to me. I'm letting you guys know what words, thought, word, deed, most powerful trinity ever created, people. You understand? From the thought to the word to the deed, it shakes up the atmosphere. The stuff that we do here matters. You guys listening matter. The conversation and the exchanges that we have matter. That person, that former friend, all is still forgiven. I wish them the best, but we're obviously going in divergent directions. They're going one way, I'm going another way. Because every time I extend my hand in fellowship and let that person know to reinforce that I'm here. I don't have all the answers, Sway, but I'm here. If you need to talk, if you need to ear, I'm here. And essentially today I said, I am no longer here for that. <clears throat> you are welcome to tune into Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bo Brun and and the newsletter that's coming soon. So you, you, you're welcome to subscribe to that. You're welcome to listen. You're welcome to, when I start video, doing video, you're welcome to get involved in video consults and things like that. Patreon. You're welcome to get involved in that. But as far as the one-on-one, you and I being homies, getting on the phone, talking, whatever, we're not doing that. Not right now. Like Steve Gervetson. I'll check back in in a decade. See what I missed. I had to do that with a lot of friends. As soon as I checked back in, I had a couple of college degrees a handful of stamps on my passports from all over the world. Internships from here, there, and everywhere. Apartments here, there. Driving a merce- Listen. <laughs> when I checked back in, when I said, I'm going to have to leave you guys alone. I must be seeking some sort of external validation dealing with this. I'm fi- trying to fix broken wings. Or maybe my ego is looking for a project. Or maybe I'm seeing things in you that I, I, that I see in myself as well, whatever it is, I gotta work that out. So you guys enjoy your life. I'm gonna go try and enjoy mine. And guess what happened? When we were outside of each other's, outside of earshot, outside of phone, outside of interactions, we got to see who each other was. <clears throat> And I got to see who I am and they got to see who they were without being able to fall back on our pretense and our dynamic as friends or whatever, people doing things because maybe feeling pressured by a particular peer or whatever. You got to deal with that. You're doing you. I'm doing me. Okay. And then 10 years later, you get to see who's who. <clears throat> and many of them are sad. Many of them are unhappy. Many of them are not doing well mentally and it's unfortunate i have a friend right now who i saw a mugshot of him f- high school friend and i saw a mugshot of him he was looking disheveled and it was public being a public nuisance didn't not, not any criminal criminal behavior he didn't steal didn't violate and he wasn't being it's just a public nuisance because he's hurting Mentally. Hurting. He looks twice his age. Dude looks 60. He's in his late 30s. 40. Looks like he's 60 years old. It, it's insane to me. I, I, look, I, I couldn't believe when I saw it. I was like, I, it's not the same person. Someone sent it to me and said, guess who this is? I said, like, I don't know who that. Meanwhile, I had seen a recent picture of them from about three years ago. But the pandemic and the isolation drove him and his condition over the edge. He wasn't able to get the same meds. He wasn't able to interact with the same people. His routine was disrupted. And if anyone knows, there's been an astronomical increase in drug overdoses and suicides due to to the shutdown. People were isolated. People who need those routines and even people who who were doing pretty well. People, for all intents and purposes, didn't feel that they had any mental illnesses or anything like that or shortcomings. And meanwhile, they fell into certain depressions and they realized how fragile their reality was. Everyone out there, be grateful for the mind that you have between your ears. Okay, it's not indestructible. Appreciated. It's precious. Your most precious resource lies between your ears. Your mind has the ability to compel you to great heights. You can lose parts of your body. You see the Special Olympics. You see Stephen Hawkings. You see what it is. You see what it is when you're able to have still have the capacity to push yourself forward with what's between, you, between your ears. You can be a double amputee, you can have no arms, no legs. meanwhile. I, I was watching some thing I don't know what I was watching. There's a dude who's a wrestler. He's a torso. I mean, the dude is a torso. You ever had a G.I. Joe doll and you just snapped off the half with the legs and the app? The dude is a torso. Some black dude, a dude who's identified as black, I guess, whatever. He He's a wrestler. He's a torso. He has no legs. He has no hips. He's a torso. I was like, what? I, I was watching. I was like, no, nah, this isn't real. And it was like, yeah, it's real. I I just, I couldn't believe it. That's the mind. The mind gets you there. It gets hurt. It has a check engine light. There are bumps in the road. We got to get to those. And we have to identify. We have to look at ourselves in the mirror. Don't look down when you're brushing your teeth. Don't just brush, spit, brush, spit, wash, and then walk out and then towel over the mouth, rinse. No, look at yourself in the mirror and take inventory. How close are you to the person you want to be? How close are you mentally, spiritually? How happy are you? And happiness is not something that is just, you're not walking around with a permanent smile on your face like Mickey Mouse. That's not what this is. This is your capacity to have happiness and joy. How much joy can you actually have, truthfully? Check your levels and your capacity for joy and enthusiasm and happiness. Are you capable? Because guess what? The person that I'm speaking about wants to be happy and at times has shown little, 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 uh, what do you call it, hints, but they force it. They force it. They force it. It's a process. Remember we had that conversation? I remember when I was a kid and I was watching um, on TV the peace talks between the uh, <clears throat> PLO in Palestine. And I think it was um, at the time Prime Minister Menachem Begin. Uh, of israel the prime minister of israel and they asked them will there be peace now between you guys in the middle east and he said smiled and said peace is a process so it's happiness peace is a process whether you're dealing with entities countries companies friends or yourself doesn't matter peace is a process you are constantly working at peace trying to get a peace of mind And how you do it is, you help heal that inner child, same way Steve Jervetson is doing. So the people out there that are offended a little bit, my guy, get right. My guy, are you doing the work? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, oh, I won't take responsibility for certain things that I've said. But the things that I said, you when you use words like offend, that's ego. Because I didn't insult. One thing I didn't do was insult. I was honest. Now, if I'm inaccurate, that's one thing. Academics argue all the time about inaccuracies without offense. That's what they do. You write something, you say something, you assert something and you can't back it up. You are then unproven. You just make you just that's conjecture. Then it has no place in an argument. It's inaccurate. No one takes offense. You're not accurate. It's not right. Right. It's not validated, it's not valid, it's not verified. But if I can validate and verify and you're taking offense, that's your triggers. That's your inner child. You got to get on that. I'm speaking to anyone and everyone. Like the great, late, great, notorious B.I.G. said on the Life After Death album in the beginning of Kicking the Door, this goes out to you and you and you and you. I'm using tough love. You want to know why? Because the world is tough. So if I sound a little bit insensitive, I'm not being insensitive. I realize that the world out there doesn't care, and the people out there that do care, when you push them away, then you go to go. Then you got to go pay some people to care. That's what you got to do. When you have people in your corner that you're pushing away because you've chosen chaos over peace that's on you now that's not on me so i don't have to feel guilty what more could i have done it's a grown man i didn't grow up with that person i'm not their father i'm not their mother i'm not their sibling i'm not their cousin i'm just someone who looks at this human experiment and i want us to do better and be better as humans as these sentient beings I see us as magnificent, each and every single last one of us. That's why I acknowledge. That's why I do this. I could be speaking about sports. Oh, LeBron had 33-9-7 and seven last night. Yo, the year 20. Oh, did you see what Burroughs did? Did you see what Mahomes, oh, Mahomes, oh, and overtime over the Texans. We could do that all day. How redeemable is that? You saw the game. You spent two hours watching it. Do we need to spend two hours speaking about it? That's absurd. That's a weapon of mass distraction. The things I'm saying to you right now are, ele- are, are fundamental, the elementary. I'm not going into, like I said, we're not going into no Raul Soelo. We're not going into any four agreements or Wayne Dyer, power of intentions. We're not going Eckhart to- We're not using any of that rhetoric. We're going back to basics. That's what I like to do. Baseline. Take inventory of why you're hurt. Let's get to that. Let's talk to somebody. If we fear getting judgment, we fear if you, if you fear divulging your, your issues with a friend and you think, oh, that friend, I don't know if they can, you know, if they're going to talk to other people about my thing or talk to their girlfriend or whatever, or boyfriend or whatever, you know, just, you know, just pillow talking about my business. Then you know what? Speak to a professional. Someone who's a paid secret keeper. I highly recommend it. That way you can sit there and tell them everything and so you can hear it finally get out of from thought to word. And then the deeds come where you're able to actually work on those things that you just spoke about. Just like in my physical therapy. How I wish at physical therapy that's the only thing I needed to heal me. No, they gave me a printout. See the stuff you're doing here? Now you got to go home and do them. I'm like, I don't want to go home and do this. I'm paying you guys. Like, sorry, you got to do this two, three times a day on your own. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to do that. But guess what? It's the only way I'm going to heal. It's the only way I'm going to get stronger. It's the only way I can get to the version of myself that I want to be. I got to do that work. They gave me the printout Take this home. So when you go speak to someone, they're gonna give you stuff to take home and do. Oh, it feels great when you're in the in the therapist's office and you're yip yapping and yip yapping and yap 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 yap. But guess what? What happens when they tell you, oh yeah, yeah, now, now what you have to do is you have to do this at home. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. 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 Guess what? You're not I have a friend of mine. I, They were supposed to go seek some help. You know what they've been doing? They've been going on TikTok, listening to TikTok therapists. Like, yeah, I've been using a lot of the information I got from TikTok to work on myself. And I'm saying to myself, okay, that's a step. You know, I say tepidly, that's a step. However... Although you may relate, many of the things that they're saying may resonate and sound similar to what you're going through. That person is speaking to a whole group. You may need some specific based on the severity of your distress. You may need some specific attention. You know what I mean? It's like it's like, okay, something's wrong with you. And yeah, you go to WebMD. And, yeah, you go to YouTube or you go to this and you go to Google and YouTube University to figure out a couple of things. But guess what? After that, you know, if you're not healing up, you might need to go check somebody out, get an MRI, get some blood work done, get a get a get an X-ray, get a scan. Right. Hmm? So we're Keeping it basic. So that person didn't do their own work. When I stopped drinking, I had to leave certain friends alone because they only identified me as someone who drank, who does this, but now I'm doing that. And you're welcome to come do that with me. We were doing this, now it's time to do that. This or that. It's not this and that. I was doing this, I'm no longer doing this, I'm now doing that. What's up? You're welcome to come with me. We can start a gym club. We can all start working out, blah, blah, blah. They weren't with that. They were like, nah. So I was like, now I have to leave the club two, three hours early so I can get a good night's sleep because I got to get a workout in early because the workout partner I have, he's working out at such and such time. And I want to get there because I want to learn from the things, you know, I want to learn. I'm moving differently now. And so now with this particular person, I realize that they are stagnant. As a matter of fact, they're regressing. They're regressing, and I can't help. I hope they don't turn out like Stephen Boss Twitch. And if they do, I will mourn their passing. However, I will have no regrets. I did my part, more than my part. I extended my hand in fellowship. I extended my hand in brotherhood, in, 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 in camaraderie. I forgave. I did my part. And the reason why I'm saying that is because at times there have been friends of mine where I'm like, yo, you know, especially during that whole, you know, uh, you know, uh, shutdown, I was like, I don't know if certain, some some people I know are going to make it. And I, I was met with that stark reality, something that people who identify as black in America don't confront, which is people wanting to harm themselves. It's not something that you usually think about, but there's been an increase in men committing suicide in their 30s and 40s with men who identify as black. And I'm saying, whoa, that's crazy. No, p- pardon the pun. I mean, I'm like, that's, uh, uh, you know, you find yourself going, hey, you good? Hey, you you, you, you all right? You, how's everything going? People who've lost loved ones, who've lost jobs, have unresolved issues, that inner child hasn't healed, that inner child is fractured. And all exacerbated by these, un, these random events, these traumatic events. And you haven't resolved issue one and now you're on issue eight. Like what is going on here? This is important, people. This stuff right here, I don't know how long this, um, I'm not looking at my timer. I don't care how long this is going. This is important. Like I said, I'm not getting all, <clears throat> you know, Robert Kiyosaki and you need to do this, Rick that. I'm not going there. I can, I can re-quote and bastardize a bunch of language and rhetoric from everything that I've read about from here, there, and everywhere. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're gonna do peanut butter and jelly. That's what we're gonna do and br- that, that's it. We're not gonna go there. We're not going to do the whole, uh, uh, this is what, how to manifest your true potential through the incarnation of, no, 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 no. No, no, no. People get lost in those words and it sounds good and it's fun for a hot second. It's fun. There are a lot of things that I have to do. There, there are things that I've put on the list and I've held myself accountable for. There are certain promises to myself that I cannot break going into the next year. I just can't break them. I will not get to the man that I want to be to. I will not be able to have the outcomes that I've set forth, the outcomes that I that I want, that I've demanded of myself based on my skill set, based on who I know I am already. It's nothing crazy like, oh, I want to dunk like LeBron from the foul line. No, well within my skill set, these things have to be accomplished because these are the gifts that I was betrothed. I was given these gifts. So at the very least, I have to take advantage of the gifts that I have. You understand? At the very least. This is what's important. So I gave you guys that story to sort of, these several, to illustrate many, many different points. You're here to help. You're here to help you and others. And there are going to be people along your journey. You're going to try to help them. And through helping them, you'll be helping yourself. You're giving them advice that you that you need to use. Oftentimes, they're in a situation that brings light and revelation to situations that you're in. And the conversation now puts what you're going through in a light that makes it more manageable for you. It's awesome. This collaborative experience we call, you know, the human experiment. It's awesome. It's awesome. Someone comes with some, yo, I need to holler at you about something, June. And now they, they're they saying something that's so eerily similar to something you're going through. And you're going, wow, I just was dealing with that same, yeah, I know. Awesome, isn't it? Awesome, isn't it? But at the same time, you have to create parameters too. And understand that if you know, if you're around people who aren't putting in the work, you have to get around people that are putting in the work, people that are demanding. That you put in the work in your own life. The same way you're telling other people to do the work, you need people around you that are saying, yo, have you have you spoken to such and such like we spoke about? Oh, no, I I I, I, didn't, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Oh, yeah. But you need to get to that. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you need to let me know because I can help you with that. Oh, OK. All right. All right. Cool. I've never had a friend like the friend that I have, that I have been. And I'm okay with that. I guess that was my role. It'd be nice to have a friend the way I'm a friend. It'd be nice to have that homie. You know? That I've been to the broken wingers. And I I don't mean to be condescending when I say that. But when you spend all of that time healing and putting salve and things on broken wings... What about you when that bird, isn't that one of the law, the, the laws the, the laws of power? Remember that book by Robert E. Green or Robert Green? Yeah, and you've, you've, you be, be wary or be careful of mending broken wings because that bird, I think it's an old saying that that bird will pluck out your eye and fly out the same window it came in from. You found it on your windowsill and blah, blah, blah. And, and I find that to be quite s- cynical to a degree, but at the same time, you have to be very wary. Wary of when you're putting your hand outside of that boat to pull someone in who went overboard. They may want to drown. No matter what you say or do, if you put them back in that boat, they're gonna jump right back out. They may be looking to pull you back be- pull you pull you in too into the water. And drown you as well for your heroic ways. This life, man. The dance that we do between helping others, helping ourselves, putting ourselves in harm's way for others, protecting ourselves, sacrificing for others, all these things working all at the same time. It's a dance. And you may have some people in your life right now where you're saying, you know what? I've done as much as I can. I love this person or I wish that person the best, but I'm just going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to cut ties. Or I'm going to, at least at the very least, I'm going to have to minimize contact, uh, put, m- create a certain situation where I, I have a comfortable amount of contact. Maybe during holidays. Hey, how you doing? They send me a birthday text. I send them a birthday text. Bing, bong, bing, that's it. As cursory as can be, and maybe that's what it is. Me and this person, I've realized because of the, the the animus and the energy that was projected towards me, an unwarranted amount of animus, I've decided to sever all ties. But like I said, sever all personal. Professionally, like I said, you, you're welcome to listen you're welcome to cash at me, zell me, venmo me if you appreciate But you know, because they're offended today, but they weren't offended a couple of months ago. So maybe in a week or two, I'll be enlightening and apt and entertaining and brilliant and illuminating again. Don't know. Hopefully when they're in that phase of their personality, they open up their wallet a little bit. You know, fund the cause. We're doing good work over here. Just saying. I didn't like the way I was approached, but that's my ego right there saying, I don't like that. Nerve you. That's my ego. It's it's identified. My apologies. He showed up. You know, and he kind of sounds like Samuel L. Sometimes or Chris Rock or 50 Cent. I'm like, was this cat talking to me? Was this? Was he thinking, you know, I was there for him. What are you talking about? It sounds like that sometimes. We're from the same neighborhood went to the same high school. It happens. You know, I'm from the man up generation where people don't tolerate your kind of dis, disrespect. You disrespect like that. Nobody cares about your inner child. The stuff I'm talking about now is unheard of 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Like, what? In a child? What you talking about, son? In you know in what? What's it? What child? Who? Huh? All of these term. <laughs> OK. All of this talk. Dudes would punch you dead in your face. You're talking crazy. Dudes would fly to your neighborhood like, where's your address? You said what to me? Turn into a big thing. We're not doing that. We're grown-ups. There are men who haven't healed. There are men. Yeah, you have you have a goatee. You're grown, you pay your own bills, you have a grown-up job, you're adulting, but yet you still, you know, you still have unresolved issues. You grew physically, but sometimes mentally and spiritually, you've remained a child. Some people have been stagnant. There are certain people that are still stuck in their childhood. You see them in their 30 years old. I used to call them 30-year-old, 13-year-olds. No, I'm sorry. You're a 13-year-old, 30-year-old, or a 30-year-old, 13-year-old but there was be certain people that I knew that were grown that were just doing these silly things. I'm like, yo, that's okay if you're 15. But you can't do that at 25. It's okay at 18. You can't do that at 32 or 1 or 2. You can't do that. You can't act like that in a situation. But their growth has been stunted because of specific events that occurred. They, hate, they didn't grow. They didn't get to it so they can get through it. This is where we are. So when I said America is failing its boys, boys are falling behind in almost every metric and took offense okay take offense I said America's failing it's boys listen people we're touching on something here I said America's failing it's boys I didn't say America's failing it's men this person is a man They shouldn't have been offended by me saying America's failing its boys. Did you hear what I just said? America's failing its boys. You're a grown man. You haven't been a boy in about 20 years. So if you're offended by that, that means your inner boy heard that and was offended by that. Whoa. I wish I led with that. That just hit me. Like I told you, this stuff is hot off the presses. I'm processing this in real time while speaking to you. Okay? And it's just hitting me. I said, America's failing its boys. I didn't say America's failing its men. I said, America is failing its boys. Are you a boy? Are you a boy? Are you a man? Which one are you? But maybe like Stephen uh, uh, jervetson said. What did he say here? I brought this photo, photo from my childhood as a memento of my inner child, my favorite part of me. He said, I'm going to stop social media. Why? Because I'm seeking external validation and approval, a proxy for my parents' love. So when I said America's failing its boys, did that person revert all the way back to their childhood, like back to the future? And they were back to being a little boy, and they thought about how many people failed them? And here is June the messenger. Getting the heat. June the messenger. Getting all the heat. I'm offended. Ego. That sounded a bit condescending. Ego. The hurt inner child. That little boy. That was failed. Emailed me. um, Texted me. That's who texted me. That wasn't a grown up text. That's not grown men talking. That was me talking to a boy. That was a boy's response. In an adult's body. Yes, I said it. And I know that that could sound offensive. That could sound offensive. If someone allows their ego to take hold of that last statement, they'll be like, who the heck does he think he is calling me? a Who the heck does he think he is? That's ego talk. But if you take a minute. If you take a second. you'll be like, wait a minute. All those words sound like ego words. Those are ego buzzwords. Who the hell do you think you, what the hell, who do you think you're talking to? That's all ego talk. So if you take a second, go, all right, that's my ego. Let me chill. All right. You're saying that was my inner boy. Okay. You may be right. Did I take a second? Yeah. You're a hurt child. Many, many people are adults with grays in their goatees. Women who are getting older, who have children or whatever. They're still hurt little girls. And the body doesn't stop growing just because the mind stopped, just because the mind and the spirit has been stagnant and stuck at eight or nine or 10 or during those formative years that we spoke about from zero to seven. Doesn't mean the body stops. So, men, you're still going to get tall. You're still going to get hair. You're still going to get muscles. Women, you're still going to get breasts and hips and you're still going to have the ability to procreate. Just like you guys. So these grown ass kids are going to have some kids. And their hurt kid is going to manifest them, manifest itself in how they parent. Like they say, hurt people, hurt people. And like they say, kids end up spending half their lives trying to undo the damage that their parents did. It's not our fault, people but we have to address it. So when people out there are a little upset at me and triggered because I'm speaking in mixed company, I got to get this information out. I don't have time to, okay, I'm going to speak to this group that's identified as such and such right now. It's some big secret. What's going on, that you are afflicted with certain uh, dysfunctionality. I don't care what group, I've, I'll call it out. I'll call out me, i call out things I do. I'm going to call out things you do. Can't, it can't just be okay when I'm speaking about everybody else. We had that conversation about those. there are those you can and can't hit. That's what causes dysfunction and discrepancies in our society when we can't have honest dialogue about who's doing what and where in our social construct. I can speak about everybody else, but until, but then I get to your group. Oh, wait, 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 shh, can't, 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 can't speak about them. Why not? We spoke about everybody else. Why not them? My skin is thick. I've been identified as black and identified as Haitian in America. You know what that means? I spent a great deal of my childhood getting teased by people saying, oh, you're this and you're that, you're this and you're that. Then you get older, and it's like, oh, you're, you're getting you're getting certain indignant treatment because of the color of your skin, or this, that, and the third. And me being a New Yorker, I'm like, yo, go f yourself. Who cares? Didn't matter to me. All I knew was I had to hustle harder and hustle smarter than people around me. And everything that they called me. I wore as a badge of honor because I didn't see any way that I was dishonored or diminished by it. Lucky me. I never had a complex and I never held it against anyone who did it. I made excuses for them. Forgive that. Forgive them, though they know not what they do or they speak. I forgave. I gave it back to them, spit a little ego back, but I was okay. I didn't carry it. The same way with this person, I didn't carry it. They said some things that I didn't appreciate and I still held my hand out in friendship, shook my hand like, yo, I still have my hand here for a handshake, for a pound. I'm still here. And that person slapped it down. Now, the inner hurt boy, America's failing its boys. America failed that little boy inside of that man who decided to respond to me the way he did. And I responded back to him in a man. I said, all right, that's cool. Let this be the last time we communicate. All right, be well. That's it. <laughs> People, you're going to have to protect your peace. Peace is a process. I'm talking to each and every last one of you out there. We all have work to do. It's not an easy world. It's not an easy life. People don't care. And the people who do care, if we're pushing them away, we have to look in the mirror and go, Whoa, I can't do that. I can't do that. Hard enough to find good people who actually sincerely care about our well being. Let's not do that. If we're doing that, why are we doing that? Do we not feel deserving? Do we not feel deserving? And if we don't feel deserving, why is that? Let's get to that. Let's take inventory. Did something happen in our past? Did someone tell us or we were we made to feel as if we do not deserve to have people care about our well-being and want the best for us? If that's the case, let's get to that. Let's get to that. This is going to be my longest episode, but you know what? I'm one of those friends. I have a lot of friends that I've said some things to. I've told friends which person was cheating on them. I'd have a homeboy and I'd be like, yo, I don't know how I'm going to tell this person that such and such is cheating on him, whatever. And my friends would go, don't tell him. I'm like, why not? Because if you tell him, you're going to be the bad guy. Because if, if he ends up forgiving her and then he's going to think that you're looking at him like he's stupid for forgiving her and she's going to look at you like, oh, that's the one who took. I was like, but if you but but I, I can't hold on to it. How do we act as if it's not in the room that it's not happening? Oh, it ain't going to be me. And I'd be the one. I'm the one holding on to the uncomfortable truth. And I'm the one who's going to be like, yo, you know, such and such cheating on you, right? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You need to ask about A, B, C, D and E. And they'd be like, wow, for real. And, And there were times when my other friends were right. They were like, yo, what happened? I'm like, yo, he's not really talking to me like that. He was like, yeah, yeah, because he's still with her. He put an engagement ring on it, like, and he knows exactly what she did. I'm like, oh, yeah. Then I'm the one who's not invited to the wedding. That's happened to me. I'm the one who came, told them out of all the friends who came forward to say, yo, this is what's going on in your world, bro. I was told if you see something, say something. I said something, and now I'm the one who doesn't get the free open bar. I'm the one who doesn't get the cake. I'm the one who doesn't get to hang out at the at the now. I didn't get the invite. It's happened to me. And I go, no doubt. It's all good. act, I, I, you know, I act like it was lost in the mail. The invite, the RSVP. It's all good. It's all love. But I know that no one around me can say that they were never told because if I see it, I'm going to say it. I'm going to find a way to somehow, some way I'm going to try to put it in the best package I possibly can, gift wrap it, but it has to be the truth. It can't be gift wrapped to the point. It can't be sanitized to the point where you don't know what you're smelling. If it's the smell that's going to identify what this thing is, I'm not going to perfume it. I'm going to be like, yo, you need, to, you need to smell this. This is what it is. This is the ish that you're in right now. I can't make it smell like a pomegranate or a pineapple candle. This is what it is. All right? And I'm going to tell you people, there's no reward for that. It has its own reward. You know that you try to help for all the right reasons. That's it. But if you're looking for people to go, ah, the truth teller, June, I can trust him. If you're looking for reward, good luck. So all of that work, I was hanging out with my dude and trying to get him to, you know, see the world a different way and not blah, 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 And just to get that that kind of response. It's like, dude, really? And then I realize this is what it is. When you've been given the gift of compassion and empathy and intuition an ability to articulate, and you're brave enough and sincere enough and authentic enough to tell your people around you the truth, guess what? You're going to offend. It's going to loosen certain friendships. People are going to be triggered. It's easier for them to get rid of you than to get to their truth. It's easier for them to dismiss you than it is for them to address what they need to address i'm the expendable one in that equation i'm the i'm the i'm the path of least resistance because our bodies are telling us and our minds are telling us let's not go to the uncomfortable space and place and the things that this guy is saying is giving putting us in an uncomfortable space so we're not going there so boom fight or flight flight not get to it. We're not going to get to it to get through it. We're not going to address it. We're going to dismiss it and we're going dis- to we're gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. Bye-bye. That's what happens. That's the reality and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that now more than I've ever been and I've always been somewhat very comfortable in that space. I guess because I spend a great deal of time alone on purpose thinking I don't mind if people are distancing themselves and doing things because I distance myself from others too. So I'm okay with it. I'm all right. I get it. I get it. I get it. So to that guy, to my friend, to my to my to my former homie, I hope you're okay. No love lost, no hard feelings, no acrimony, but we're good now. Like I've said and I've I've said all that I can say. I've done that all that I all that I'm willing to do at this point. I have to marshal all of that energy and empathy and compassion that I was, and fellowship that I was handing to you to others more, I don't want to say deserving, but more willing to do the work. And then myself, and pour that energy back into me. So, on that note, people, I don't know what I'm going to name this episode, but I don't know if I'm I'm not going to go with homie, are you okay? But it, it. we need to check in with ourselves while we're checking in on everybody else. Let's check in on ourselves. Holiday season, stressful out there. A lot of things going on. Trump's tweets, NFT, Elon Musk, Chris Rock, Deish Pell, Elon, this one, LeBron, this who? Pandemic, are we wearing masks? Did you get your, did you get your, your eighth booster or not? Are you boosted? You're unboosted? You're un- All of this ish. Is this one this? Oh, the Disney. Oh, wait, what are they putting in the movie? Oh, we're not watching that movie. No, we're not watching the new Christmas movie because a new Christmas movie has a character that is is, is, is representing a certain kind of agenda. We're going to go watch a Christmas Carol, you know, James Stewart or whatever. You get what I'm saying? There's a lot going on. And some of us don't feel attached to anything, family or anything. We have to take inventory and see what we're going to do about that. We're going to speak about this next time, a lot of that. But until then, till we speak again, bye-bye.